Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick, discussing their business journeys, the ups, the downs, failures, successes, just having an open, honest discussion that hopefully can inspire people looking to start on that journey. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the next episode. Mental Health Awareness Day, um, and I wanted to record a special episode of the podcast today. Um, people know me generally. Um, I'd like to think as a positive, optimistic person, um, generally, um, with a smile on my face. Um, although sometimes, um, on the face of it, we portray that, but uh, there's times where deep down, that's not always been the case. And I certainly, um, at times, have struggled. Um, couple of years ago prior to me turning 40 I hit a real low point possibly the lowest I've ever been um, despite running two businesses at the time having an amazing wife two beautiful children an amazing family and surrounded by really close friends I just felt like a complete failure um, in my head I, I wasn't in the position I thought I would be at that age um, I wasn't I guess by my own definition um, was successful in any way um, stop stop Stopped answering calls to my friends, didn't want to talk to anyone about how I was feeling. Um, when I was out, no one would have probably known, to be honest, maybe, maybe some did. Um, but I didn't feel like my behaviour had changed much, but deep down I was in a pretty dark place. Um, I was never actually diagnosed with depression, I, certainly, I didn't take any medication at the time, but um, I did start to do a bit of exercise, um, change my mindset quite a bit, and, and just talk to a real close circle of friends. Um, and, and I started to actually feel a little bit better. Um, a, a lot of it, I think, was the fact that I changed the narrative of, of myself, of what success maybe actually looked like to me. Um, I, I realised at the time it, uh, it was not good to keep things to myself, shut, shut people out. But there's still a narrative, I think, throughout society, especially amongst men, that vulnerability can be seen as weakness. Um, and this is something that, to be honest, has really just got to change. Um, if anything, the last 18 months has taught us is that none of us know what's around the corner. We can't control the uncontrollable, and mainly how important it is to be open, honest, and authentic. Not just with others, but ultimately with ourselves. I guess that's why today, um, to help me delve into what it means to live our own truth and how we can do that, how vulnerability can become one of the most powerful tools in life, and how we better understand our emotions and why it's so damaging to, to repress them, um, especially amongst men, and but why creating a safe space with men to discuss what we, what's really going on in their lives and, and how powerful this is needed. Um, Work-life balance is something we talk about on the podcast quite a lot, um, and, and the importance really of obviously trying to slow down instead of trying to chase, chase, chase. That's why today I'm delighted with my, my special guest on the podcast. He's an educator, coach, husband, father, and world-class musician. For more than 25 years, he's le led artistic and educational projects across Europe, U USA, Asia, and Australia, and was featured speaker at TEDx Jaffa. His signature crop method has been the foundation of his coaching programs, workshops, public speaking, and one-to-one -one work, which he has done done with clients to help them remove the barriers that hold them back from leading a fulfilling life. I'm delighted to welcome to the pod today, Yaron Ingler. Yaron, welcome mate. So Yaron, I just want to try and delve straight in mate if we can. Um, just tell me, wh what does it mean to live, live our own truth? I don't know what it means for everybody, um, but I think... I've been there for many years of, of, you know, waking up in the morning and feeling that something isn't right. You know, everything looks all right on the surface. Uh, every, you know, I was, you know, that's word success, you know, it's a word that triggers me. Um, but it's like walking around and doing things that aren't aligned with some, some force in, that's why I call truth. It's some, something is in conflict inside. And as much as I try to, to smile and as much as I try to act as if everything is all right, there is this inner conflict that creates um, um, 
noise, um, relentlessness, anger, frustration. And I, in the past, I used to, s to think that these things, I, I, you know, that's the tendency we learn. We, we are being taught constantly to seek comfort, to seek um, materialistic stuff, especially as men. Um, so things like this anger and frustration and, and that, that inner noise that I call that bubbles up, our tendency obviously will be to push it away, push it away. And I learned through a long process myself as well, um, coming out of depression and many other things, that actually all, all that, all that n internal noise is actually it's friends that try to tell you, hey, you're heading in the wrong direction. And the moment that we learn to, instead of fighting with them and push them away, we learn to accept them as part of who we are and start to listen to the signs that they give us, then we can start take actions that are a little bit different. And they might be very challenging at first, and they might contradict the way we live for 20, 10, 30, 40 years, depends how old we are. But slowly, that heavy cloud that that we wake up with the morning and, and this, this internal noise slowly evaporates. And what we're left with is with what I call my truth, you know? And it might not be the conventional stuff, but it is me. And, and, and I prefer to choose living my life not according to some kind of an unwritten manual that a lot of us feel that we need to live by. I prefer to live life based on that inner voice and and constantly check in with myself what is this voice trying to tell me about the type of work that i should do the type of people i should hang with what kind of relationship do i want to to have what kind of a father do i want to be how do i want to treat people and um, how do what kind of a man do i want to be and i, I guess is that like so for me i think there's because there's a certain narrative out there guess certainly around entrepreneurs or business owners and that type of thing and maybe a, 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 and we're talking obviously around amongst men but that you know what what success looks like and uh, as, a, as an individual I think that's what maybe I was alluding to even in the introduction about for, for me I, I was driven by that success was like I'm gonna build this business and I'm gonna it's gonna make money and then that money is gonna buy me these material things that that that's what the, the narrative is at that's what success looks like to people someone who's got a million pound, hundred million pound business that has got a huge house and, and a Ferrari and that type, them type of things, that would be, you'd be looked on in society as success. Whereas you, you change that narrative in your own mind and your own self, I think that's where I was changing it to say like, you know what, I haven't got that, <laughs> that level of financial reward or success, but I am surrounded by amazing people I've got. I love my kids. I love my wife, and I'm in a situation where I'm. I know I'm loved by other people as well. So that that is got to be a level of success, and that's where I think for me that narrative changed slightly. And I think that's where I sort of come out of that period, looking at going. Okay, maybe at, at 40 years old, I've reached success in some form because I've experienced love in all these forms. My brother's my best mate. Lives in Australia. Um, but he still talks to him all the time, and I still and I'm, I'm surrounded by people here, friends who would walk over hot coals for me, and I'd do the same for them. So, what what an amazing place to be in, mm. in that sense. And I think that's where uh, that's what I find interesting about that is it so much that the narrative out there from society is put on us that it's fight it's difficult then for men to find that truth. I guess as you're sort of saying. Yeah, it's it's yeah, you know the one of the articles that really had a huge impact on me, I think I shared it when we spoke, it's the, it's the five regrets of the dying. Um, a lot of people know this article, but for me, uh, for those who don't know, it, uh, there is a book about it, but I think the article is, is good enough to understand what it talks about. It's a woman who worked as, as uh, you could call it palliative nurse, that's how you say it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So she worked basically with people that in the hospital they were told you have three to 12 weeks to live and it's better if you just go home and you know there's nothing they can do. Um, um, so she, she spent years with these kind of people and at that stage when people are in f on, you know, that's it, they're on the last path, all the facade, all the bullshit, it's all being removed and there is a more honest conversation. 
And what came out of all these conversations were the, the top regrets of people. And there was spending more time, not spending enough time with, uh, I think, friends or spending too much time at work. But there was the number one regret had a massive gap from the other. And that regret was not living life according to my own it's not really that language but kind of living according to what other people expect from me instead of what i truly want and for me if that's the biggest regret there I, I don't understand what's the point in finding that when we are in our deathbed so what i'm i'm kind of on a mission to tell people especially men let's do it now let's face our fears let's face all the stigma let's face all the bullshit all this conditioning that we have from everything around us a lot of times from the things that the things and people that are supposed to love us the most let's see if we can detach from that for a second to discover who who am i truly in this and what do i truly want and follow that because then when we come to our deathbed we will look back and celebrate life instead of thinking what what was missing so maybe my definition of success often i say my definition of success is living without regret and that's a question I like to pose to people. If you have any regret right now, let's play with it. Let's change that. That's amazing. I think, and I think I want to touch on that point because it's, it's, I guess, what, what, what does what does happiness mean to people? And I think, surely, as you sort of alluded to there, that finding living a true, authentic life to what that means to you, because everyone's different, as you mentioned. So, but living that true, authentic life. That's got to surely be where happiness lies. Yes and no, because I think happiness is overrated. Because that's another thing that we're being told to constantly be ha to be happy. That means that you're okay. Were you happy more than an hour a day, constantly ever in your life? Why can't we accept the fact that emotions just flood us? And sometimes we will feel happy. Sometimes we will feel really sad. Sometimes we will feel really horny and sometimes we will feel that we are bored. Why some of these feelings are more legit than others? The problem is not with the emotions. The problem is with us fighting certain types of emotions and as if they are not part of who we truly are. And when we decline part of who we truly are, we can't live our truth. Therefore, we have conflicts. Therefore, we don't know who we are. Therefore, we enter relationships with other people when we don't know who we are. And then there is all these conflicts. How many relationships are falling apart? How much anger and frustration is there around the world? If we accept things as they are, there is huge value in sadness. When you spoke in the beginning, you made me feel really, really sad. And I'm still very emotional because of the way you shared your story. That's not bad. That's absolutely beautiful. Because what you have created in this room right now is for me to feel, wow, I can connect with you really on a deeper level now and without a bullshit. And I feel closer to you, therefore I'm interested more in this conversation. That came from sadness. I was told that sadness is not good. Why? Obviously, if I get stuck in sadness, and I'm, uh, that's, that's a different story. But what if we allow ourselves to just allow these feelings to come and go? We tell kids, don't be sad. How can a kid not be sad if he or she is sad? It's like, it's okay to be sad. Don't be angry. No, it's okay to be. How many men hold anger inside them because they were told, don't be angry. And that anger is being held for a year, another year, another year, until it then it will explode. It will explode in either internal way of depression, severe cases, suicide, and so on, or it will explode in your business, on your team, on your, on your, on your intimate partner. Um, in in the wrong time and on the wrong person and in the wrong moment because anger is not right and and what if we allow anger to happen and and know how to cope with it and deal with it in a healthy way which is not a problem like any other emotion so for me when people talk about happiness as a goal i say no happiness is just another one of many let's celebrate all of them that's really guess what you're saying is that our emotions are where we all of us every single day go through different levels of emotion absolutely like you say, the, nar the narrative is that 
the one that we need to home in on, the one we're trying to, uh, I, I use this a lot on the podcast about, oh, we're going to get there, like this, like life's this destination that we have to try and, that's, when I get there, I'm going to be happy or I'm going to achieve, and, it, and you associate happiness with a destination of kind of, I've, I've, in myself, I've tried to change that, that narrative as well about, like, where, where the f- am I trying to get to, you know, <laughs> What's this destination? I'm like, so you, you're trying to get to this this place that that's not actually attainable. Like just to enjoy the journey that life is, and I think what what ties in nicely there is what you're saying about. And during that journey, you're going to have different levels of emotion, whether that be sadness, happiness, you know, anger, all those things. But trying to, I guess this is, and we're, I know we're going to we're going to talk about this a bit later. But as you go into emotion and then different levels of emotion, what you actually understanding what they mean and just accepting that's how I feel today and, and knowing how to deal with them I guess is the, is the key what you're saying. yes but if we go again I don't want to go too far out here today but it, it's important to understand that these emotions are not who we are that's the, another problem because a lot of times if I feel so let's take it in the negative way so if I'm angry if I, if I'm, if I feel um, something one of those let's call them nasty emotions it's like that's not me it's like so so i kind of push it away but there is a conflict there but a lot of times if i feel that i'm like you know the business is going well and i'm like oh man i am like successful and then this there is this feeling like i am i am i am there is this it's not arrogance it's pride or whatever none of this is who we truly are and uh, again this is in in the programs that i run we go to those places to really get a deeper understanding of who who you who or ever better say what you truly are i don't want to go too far out of that but let me just play with it just one second if i'm going too much it's okay but think about yourself for a second when you were seven years old your body wasn't looking in a certain way the way you thought was a certain way where you were was a certain way you're thinking everything was in a certain way when you were 14 it changed your body was different the way you thought different the way you interacted with people your emotions were different when you were 23 different when you were 31 and whatever it is that you are right now it's also different right everything changed but there is something in you and it's not really in you but it doesn't matter where it's located that can observe all these changes it's it was there when you were seven it was there when you were 14 23 and it's there right now and it can observe all those changes but that thing never changed that thing that observes all that it's an interesting space to to understand that space and again uh, i know that i might take it a little bit too far but it's okay (laughs) whatever we take from that we take from this at this point but our attachment, as I said, to happiness, um, to being successful, um, our push of I'm not successful uh, and, and I am, you know, all the negative, they push that away. That's all a game that actually it's just a game. It's all clouds. And there is something which is what we get in the meditation, for example, what we did here in the beginning. When we allow ourselves to stop that noise, and that cluster, we can find inner peace. This is why, you know, everybody's now, it's becoming more in the workplace even, to stop, to meditate, to relax. Because in that space, we can connect with something that is more still. And then there is less of the touch, uh, attachment with all, all that, th- I call them clouds. That's really interesting. And uh, uh, what, what I find fascinating, because I, I, I interviewed on, on the podcast a while back, um, Woman called Camille Pearson who does the float uh, owns the float spa, and we talked then about, and she was talking to me about uh, you know the importance of well-being and, and etc. And obviously floating and, and but also with with exactly this breathing, she said uh, she stops so many times a day, a minute. She even booked it in her diary, but I've got to stop and actually breathe. And, and I like I, I said to her, oh, but you know I, I have time for myself. I'll go for a run of uh, a morning. And she was like. Yes, but you're still not stopping. Running will set off a certain, that's a time for you, that's great, and it's good that you're exercising, but you're not stopping, you're running. You're 
and you're set off set and endorphins and you're still running you're in the, it's a different type of thing to actually slowing down stopping and try, like you say I guess trying to find your, your inner peace and it's something I guess maybe as not just business but obviously we're talking on the podcast about business owners entrepreneurs and we alluded to it at the start about you constantly feel that there's something going on when you're running a business a busy life you've constantly got something there's always something to do in your own business always so but with self-care and I'm guilty of this and I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm obviously excited that we're having this chat but um, and I'm trying to learn from the podcast myself I think on my own journey and trying to find that I need I know that there's a point I need to slow down and I need to go just actually one take some time for myself but try and even throughout each day just try and take a moment like I, I don't do that like what we've done to start this I don't do that I do not sit there and be part of my head was like um, if I was to do that at home I'd be am I wasting time because mm. I've got but when you like again you look at stuff <laughs> you try and come out of yourself and try and learn and educate yourself but you look at it and go well, by doing that by just slowing down and it was actually really amazing to sit here and start this in that way purely on the basis that I'm trying to tell my, I'm not, I've got a million things going around my head, we're just going to be talking about this thing, but ultimately I'm trying to concentrate on breathing and, and take myself to a different place. And and I guess with anything, that needs train. you need training. Absolutely. But, but that's the beauty, you know, I, I, and it's important that, you know, what you say to me sound like almost you feel like, we need to do we do need to do better but we also need to understand that we're coming from this conditioning of society so i i i'm full of appreciation for you for first of all being open to do what we did here in the beginning to speak the way you spoke to talk about the challenge of 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 slowing down because our life the way it's been con constructed to us from from the moment that we are born our generations you know people in the 30s 40s 50s we were taught that you have to, that to when somebody, I have a f good friend, Chris Gardner, who wrote a book called um, The Busyness Delusion. And he talks about how stupid it is, the concept that as a business, if we, you and I meet in a business event and I ask you, you ask me, how are you doing? I'm going to say, oh, I'm very busy, as if it's a tag of honor. Why being busy is a tag of honor? Do we do business in order to be busy or do we do business in order to have more freedom in our lives and enjoy more relationships with our, with our families, with friends? To Why this busyness became such a, a tag of honor? So you are creating a, a podcast about business where in, in the episodes that I listen to, you're constantly um, starting to break the system a little bit by offering a different approach. And it's happening everywhere. It will take some time. So it's important that if, if people like you and me, for example, if, if because I know the feeling that I want to slow down sometimes and meditate, and like if I sit down and try to stop, actually my, my buzz in my head goes even crazier. So it's important to understand that's not, I if we have curiosity and interest in that more peaceful space, we need to find our own way of doing that. So something that works really well with men would be go for the run and then after the run, then put yourself for five minutes because then you will be able to slow down. Um, something that works really well for clients, I tell them like, just set your alarm on your clock, on your phone, every hour or two hours, give yourself a specific sound on your phone and that will be a reminder for you to just take a deep breath, one deep breath. It's it's not about moving from from where we are right now, where we learn busy, busy, busy. That's good, to move into becoming monks. You know, it, it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't happen like this. Yeah. We need to find our way. I don't believe that there is one way. You know, I have clients that for them uh, walking meditations work really well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's about developing awareness. It and that can be done with everything that we do. You know, the next time you wash the dishes. This can be your meditation, like really feel the texture of the soap and the sponge and the plate and the temperature of the water and just be with that. Because what would normally happen for those of us who sometimes wash the dishes, we're going to be like, oh, shit, I didn't do that and I need to do that. And, then, and we're completely not present in our life. So the invitation with all that 
coming into present is kind of to start living life instead of thinking about it. Because if we keep thinking about life, we, lost, we lose the train and then we'll come to that place of regret in the end of our life. So by being more present in our own way, finding our way to that, because there is no one size fit all. And we are different people, you know, we have different life experiences, we have different traumas, we have different types of learning. So there is no one size fit all, but there are many, many, many ways to get there. And that's the, that's the offer, you know, like, let's find your way to find your peace so that you can f live your life, basically, instead of thinking about it, I guess. Because there was something, I actually listened to a podcast with, um, um, with Johnny Wilkinson, it was on the High Performance Podcast, and was, this was the type of thing that, that they was actually talking about, and, and it is about being present in it. Or get into your st uh, to a state where you're present in every single moment. So if it is the case that you're sitting there washing the, and you're washing the dishes, that you're still present in that moment. And that, that's what you're doing at that time. You're concentrating on that, and that is such a fast because you're right. I think so again back to the whole "I'm going to get there" type narrative that we're, we're on. You're always thinking about something else mm. as opposed to then. So whether it is that you're sitting with your kids and playing, but actually thinking about that email you've got to answer, whether you're out for a run but you know you've got that meeting coming up that you're trying to deal with whatever it is you're not actually in that rather than going I'm sitting here playing with my kids nothing else at the moment it matters that is what I'm focusing on that is where I'm present and I'm enjoying that that moment at that time I'm out for a run and I'm running along the seafront and all I'm thinking about is the pounding of the my feet on the ground and I'm listening to the sea in the, in the background or whatever it is but I'm in that moment enjoying that run as to thinking about the meetings I've got coming up, I think that's where I, I guess personally that's where I, I'm, I'm. I'm certainly on, on a journey to try and get. I'm nowhere near that that point in my life. I don't think where I'm. I'm, I'm trying again these conversations and trying to educate myself to try and get myself to a better place where I'm more present in, in the moment. Because I know what I know. Because I do run a busy life, I do run lots of things going on. I actually got to a point, I think, for me, where I, 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 I like you said, everyone's their own truth is, is is different. And I think part of me was that I actually part of who I am is the person's been. I quite enjoy having lots of things mm. going on, and I, I don't want to. There was a part of me that I've got to feel guilty about that. That I've got all these things going. Absolutely not, man. I've got myself to a stage thinking. That is actually, I'm okay that, that I do, because actually what makes me smile, and I enjoy that, I've got that I'm doing a podcast with you today, and like this week, for example, I run Fernballs, the five-a-side league, I was up in Manchester Wednesday night, um, running the league up there, I come back yesterday, because I was doing the business expo for county business clubs yesterday, and then we're here having this chat today, and I'm like, so I love that I've got things going on, and my, my life's busy, but enjoyable, because I'm doing these things, but, and I don't want to feel guilty about that, but... I think because of those are sometimes other things outside the business are then not as present as I should be. And I think that's where I want to try and get to a space where I'm, I'm looking at that, I guess. There are two things that came to me. One of them is something that was said in, I don't remember who said it, in your in one of your podcasts about somebody mentioned it. It's not a new thing, but, you know, to live life as, a, as, as we listen to music. When we listen to music, it's not about finishing it. It's about we're enjoying the path that... That's that's one thing. The other thing, that, uh, it's a, it's something that a lot of times when I work with people, I, I tell, you know, because the busyness, as you say, for someone like you, it does feel like, you know, this is this is who you are and it's a beautiful thing. But there could, can be sometimes with certain things, a habit starts to, to crawl into our lives and, and we start to kind of act. And, and, uh, and sometimes it's hard to find the balance because I'm like that as well. So a question that really helps me and also a lot of my clients really like it because it's kind of, like, oh, it's like to ask myself everything that I do right now, am I acting from fear or am I acting from love? And it's a really interesting question to ask. So this thing that I'm, gonna, I'm really excited, I'm going there. Is this actually because I'm avoiding a sales conversation that I need to do? So I'm just going to go and then do that because I'm afraid. Or am I going to this thing because I really, this is like, I really feel like this is where I need to be right now. This is, I'm on purpose. This is, has meaning for me. And to kind of ask this question, you know, check in with ourselves. Um, 
on a regular basis, it's a good way to filter our actions and to slowly um, really live, um, let go of the things that you know are our destruction and stay with those things that have meaning and growth and more depth in our lives. Another thing just to reflect on what you said before um, about this lack of presence, for those of us who have kids, they are, as you know, the best teachers that we have in our lives. But, but something that also, it's a great way to, to see your level of presence as a father or as a mother, we're talking men to men here. Um, a lot of times I found myself really angry with my children for not doing this and not doing that. It happened even this morning, if I'm totally honest. And um, it's an amazing practice. Our kids, in most cases, and I've asked a lot of fathers this, and every time I say to, to fathers, they kind of reflect and they say, like, oh, shit, this uh, has something. So I'm just leaving it here. When our kids are crazy and annoying, instead of blaming them and put the, the blame on them, we need to check with ourselves, am I present with them right now or, or am I busy thinking about the next meeting and all this stuff? Because what I have noticed every time I check in with myself, when I am present with them, and it doesn't mean that I have to be playing and physically do everything, but I'm there and I'm present and, and they are my focus of presence, they are incredibly amazing. And when they are really irritating and annoying, then I can check in with myself and most of the time I will be thinking about the next meeting, whatever, the next thing. So this is, this is again, it's another form of call it meditation, practice. Just notice, observe your kids being irritated. Again, it's what we spoke about before. Your kids being irritating is a gift. It's a sign that you're not present in most cases. I, I would love to hear comments from people. I don't know if we have anywhere to put comments, but it's an interesting practice that a lot of guys like. So check it out even just hearing you talk about that and I sort of go back and I think to myself the amount of times that so for example of a weekend maybe when you are I am less busy and you, you obviously you don't always switch off but I generally do come to a weekend and I try and I leave the work and bits and pieces here and there but generally I'm, I'm more present at a weekend than I would be during the week but so I, I, you're right it's that case during I, I look back over the week and think to myself when I'm shouting at them for not doing something, is it because, you're right, is it because my <laughs> personally, I'm away somewhere else and I'm just, I've asked you to do that and uh, Dad, I've just spoke to you about this. Uh, man, it's happened to me, this, as I said, this morning because, we, we, uh, yeah, sure, this happened like a, whatever, an hour and a half ago. I, we left the house and my wife is on tour right now, so the whole shebang of the kids is on me now. So I, I, I asked them always to prepare everything for school. Yeah. And they know they know how to do it, but they're still young, you know, seven and nine. So they it's not they, there is control over the things, but not fully. And I asked them if everything is ready, blah blah. Yes, they said. So I went and I knew I have this email. I knew I need to come here, so I'm gonna throw this email quickly before I leave. And it's an email that I need to think a little bit before. So ta ta ta. And then, like a minute before we have to leave the house. I tell him, okay, let's go. And then I forgot my jumper. I don't have this. And I'm like, <laughs> when actually, if I would have been with them and, and take instead of thinking that like me, they can boom, put their shoes and go immediately. And I would be there for them and tell them, guys, okay, it's five minutes. Let's organize ourselves. And then they tell me, oh, I forgot my jumper. And then I tell them, okay, so just go. But then, and I unleashed myself on them in a really bad way. And I will apologize when I meet them in the afternoon. Um, but that's a great way. It's like, it was my responsibility, it, it, and I messed this one up. And yes, they have responsibility, and when I talk to them, I will tell them, like, hey, it is your responsibility because we do have an agreement mm -hmm. that you have everything ready, and you told me that you have everything ready. But they are seven and nine, so I need to take ownership of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I teach them that I unleash anger the way I did this morning, that's what they get from me, uh, I don't want that. Now, I messed up, but again, but I think also the repair when we mess up, like what, I, which I do, I do, I ask for forgiveness for my kids and I explain them and we have a very honest communication. This is something that is important for me, but hey, life is challenging, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's great to share that. And, and I think like, like, like we said, and we're, we're alluding to it, all this, what, what does it mean really, I guess, to be, what, what does it mean to be a good father? What does it mean to be a good business person? What does it mean, mean to be a good husband and a good friend and all these things and there, there's, you know, 
it's it's like you say. I guess it's taking ownership of all those elements, and mm -hmm. and and exactly the same as what you're sort of saying with 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 the kids. Like let's actually do it, and it's okay to have that level of communication. I think that's amazing. You're saying I I ask forgiveness from my kids if Absolutely. I make a mistake. I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness for them because we are when they make a mistake and we blame them for something. We you've got to come and say sorry. You've got to couple up. How often do we do that as parents? Do we go? Uh, uh, let me. How often do we tell the kids how was our day? We keep nailing them like how was your day, how, and they don't really want to tell us how was your day, how was your day. When did you, as a father, tell to, told your kids? And is it wrong to come to your kids and, and tell them like, listen, I had a really rough day today, you know? I had a business thing that I was supposed to happen, and the person didn't come. What does that mean? It means that you know we were supposed to have more money for the that, and now we don't. So I have to do something different. So if they understand these processes, they will understand that life is more rich than what we're trying to sell the fluffy and pink and stuff and and so why not to be more real with our children and and what would be the impact i'm not saying to throw at them things that they can't handle but to share like why do we have the expectation from them to tell us how was their day which for them is challenging you know my kids just changed a new school it's a massive shift for them and i want to know what's going on so i'm asking as a but why am I not sharing with them so that they know that I go through those processes of, of uh, that they go through? Like, oh, yeah, I went to this uh, networking event and I found it really hard to connect with people. You know, I, I'm, I find it challenging. I'm an introvert kind of thing. So for me to go to a big event, I feel so to share with them that I have the same issues that they might have in school so that they don't feel that something is wrong with them. They just feel I'm human. Therefore, a lot of shit happens and we just need to deal with it. But but we keep so much of that in closed doors, which makes all of us think that something is wrong with us. And then we go out to the world and we put the smile on and everything is all right. When under the surface, depression, separation of relationships, kids that are confused with, you know, so, uh, there's so much problem because things are unspoken. So I'm very happy to have this conversation with you. And I'm again, the way you open this conversation, because I'm doing it all the time. I'm going everywhere that I can to just speak more openly as a man about these issues of men. And I think the more we do it, the more those things that we don't speak about that literally kill us and kill our life experience, because we get the chance once, as far as I know, you know, whatever. Maybe we have another round later on. but. All these serious things, as we spoke about, they happen, whether we talk about them or not. The problem is that if we don't talk about them, they, they kill us. And if we talk about them, it's scary, it's challenging. But then we can find, find ways that connect us with our truth, that will lead to better relationships, that will lead to more feeling of real success, not this apparent success, that will lead to, to more meaning in life. To more peace, the real things, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's strictly these are. I wanted to talk about like with, with that about communication, not only with kids, with other people and stuff like that. I think, and and, and I, I really want to find out and talk to you about the whole being around vulnerability. About uh, I alluded to in the start about our vulnerability that level of communication and being vulnerable with other people especially the narrative around men is that vulnerability is seen as weakness and that 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 has got to change isn't it i just i can't i guess i can't say that enough and i'm but i'm still guilty of it myself still don't want to no no yeah i'm okay everything's all right mate yeah yeah as things say yeah yeah no no problem no. when deep down oh, you know what i've had a crap week this week things are tough or whatever and not but still see that as being a, a oh well, people see that we'll see that business isn't going as well as it could be and I think that's got to change that narrative but I want to I want to just just talk to me a little bit about your view on vulnerability and what that looks like and because uh, you mentioned I think in the, in the sort of stuff we spoke about offline when you sent me some stuff about um, vulnerability would be, become a really powerful tool yeah well one of my clients actually said to me once one of the most powerful phrases I, I actually love it he said I'm strong enough to be weak and it's such a power when he said it, I was like, whoa, that's a powerful thing. Because how many of us hold, had actually uh, uh, connected with another thing that another person I spoke to this week, um, uh, this is a guy that I spoke to who, who through conversations that we had, he, he lost a lot of weight. 
And he told me like, what an amazing thing it is to feel that I don't need to hold my belly anymore when I'm in, in public, you know? As he said, like, you don't know the impact of this. Like, I constantly had to hold my, for years, hold my belly, and it was a nightmare. And now I can just be. So it's kind of the same thing with vulnerability. How many of us go and socialize while we are holding the, the, the belly of, of our weakness, you know, like, like pretending that everything is all right. And then we come home and we don't need to pretend anymore. And it's like, so you can drop that belly of, 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 of vulnerability. There is a way for us to, to we are human. So, you know, you and I, we are incredible and we are fucked up and we are beautiful and we are ugly and it's all part of the pack. There is no need to pretend that it isn't. It doesn't help. So why don't we just be honest with who we truly are? And therefore, w I haven't found in my life, maybe I'm naive, I don't know, but I'm on purpose going and speaking very openly. You know, people who know me know that I'm speaking very openly about everything. I haven't found it to be a weakness. I actually see that I make people more comfortable. Some people can hand can't handle it, which is fine. That's their part. That's where they are in the journey. But I, I just—it's hard for me. I don't know. You know, it's no, like I, I, I get it. I think I think it's that, it's that thing, like you say, is that with vulnerability is something like, like it's you're you're unfortunately, I guess, probably in the minority that people won't talk openly and honestly like you do. Um, and like you said, maybe it does make it some people feel a little bit uncomfortable. But that's such a shame. It's only because I think that's only because the narrative that is yeah, absolutely through generations and generations that we've got to we've got to feed it. Like how many times you know for for a man to sit in front of you and cry or be emotional or be upset, and then how many times have, have you heard that, that them them say? Why do I have to feel that that's a bad or a negative emotion? The, but there is th there is the importance also because I think that's because of the stigma, because of yeah. the conditioning, and because of, of the way things are at the moment. When we talk about being vulnerable and we're talking about about it in relation to men, that can be really scary and really like I don't want to go there because what is the point? And I get that because also what I've seen a lot of time the invitation of being vulnerable, and and it kind of feels like okay, so I'm more open and more emotional and and then what kind of what what what's going on with that uh, that's why i called my program and then what <laughs> you know it, it's i'm really interested to know to, uh, not to know i have seen you know we say that it's apparently in society we think that men don't want to open up and share but men i have seen men really opening up and sharing and wanting to do that when they feel that they are in a really safe space and what happens from that place then you can talk about real growth, not apparent growth of n only numbers in business. It can be part of it if that's what you want. But a lot of people have growth in, in numbers in business when the relationships are falling apart, when they are completely burned out, when they actually have no idea what am I doing with my life. So there is the great numbers in the business, but the rest of life is, is like a lost task. So that's the beauty and that's the power of v being vulnerable in a safe if if you trust an environment and you can really go and be vulnerable especially and i love to do this work as men amongst men because once we allow ourselves to cut the bullshit and, and peel all the facade and be honest with each other both about our strength again i'm not talking about just vulnerability to own what we do well not from a place of arrogance and needing to prove anything but just to say like fuck here's what i've done and it's what a beautiful thing that really inspires the other guys and at the same time guy i have some shame around this because i've done x y that and you see that that shame that you've held in you for 10 20 30 years thinking that you are the ugliest nastiest man in the world the minute that you share it in a safe environment and you see three four five other guys saying me too and you understand oh shit so i'm not like alone here with this thing then you remove that massive burden then you start to understand that ah okay so there is power in, in actually sharing because i can let that go because if i'm not vulnerable i'm carrying massive weights on my shoulders it's like it's like think about it as if you're holding a stone that weighs like 30 stones you know 
constantly on a daily basis. That's a, for a lot of us, that's how life feels like. And vulnerability is, the, is the, just a tool to see that you can drop that stone <laughs> and move your life a little bit lighter. Will life then be all uh, gloomy and, and beautiful and pink? No, but your capacity to handle the challenges grows as well. I think what I, I really like about what you said about the, one of your, your clients you mentioned about even the the, the, the holding his belly and, and that, that type of thing from a physical point of view. Mm. I think it's the same. Like we're obviously talking about mental health. It's, it's that same sort of narrative, isn't it? The, 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 the stigma attached maybe to mental health in the sense that like if someone breaks their arm or something mm. uh, from a physical point of view, you go, oh, you need to take time off work. Or you need to look after yourself. Whereas from a mental health point of view, people don't don't see it because it's not a physical thing. You go, oh, well, what's the matter with you? Like, you're right, just sort yourself out. And it, like, just that's such a again. But it can be seen, man. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It, it we just lost the, our capacity. You know, I can sense what's going on. People often, you know, I do it sometimes with people that I know that are okay with it. I'm asking them what's going on because I can see, and they're like, oh shit, because they're not used to it. But, you know, if, if you go to uh, mental health awareness courses, they teach you how to observe these things because it's very visual. It's very obvious. The problem is that we walk busy, you know, so we, we don't actually look at the people in front of us. We don't we're not present. We don't really see. And that's the thing. If we just stop for a second and we see what's going on, it's maybe not as obvious as a broken arm or blood that's split out of. But but it's very obvious. We can see these things. I want to move on and just talk about, uh, again, we, we spoke a little bit about at the beginning, a little bit about slowing down and, and I guess, but look, I'm, I'm an ambitious business owner and I think there's, you know, people that come on a podcast with similar type of things, but, um, um, but we did, as we did mention earlier about constantly, that chase, constantly chasing something, mm. which feel like we're on this treadmill. Um, just talk to me a little bit more about the, the importance of trying to get off that, but trying to slow down a little bit more. How does that not want to delve into that a little bit more about like we, we mentioned about the, with the breathing and, and that type of thing what the importance for us as not men but as individuals to be able to slow down why is it, it within our business why that is so important because we can make better decisions because we can see clearly what's going on the way i see it i usually the best way to think about it is if we keep busy and running around it's like having a if, if we take a big jar of water with a little bit of mud in it and we keep shaking it shaking it shaking it it's like it's muddy we can't see through but if we let it down for a second and we give it just a few moments not talking about going on a seven day retreat i'm talking about give it 10 minutes the mud will drop down the water will become clear and we can see through it's exactly the same it's just to give us the time to to get more clarity because you probably have noticed the same as me most of the clarity and most of the answers that i get for the big things don't come when i try to figure it out it will come when i'm going for that run that you said that you're going to or in the shower or it will come in that moment in these moments i had the there i have a client that have worked with me for a few years he's a client he has a beautiful company 150,000 people on this platform it's a platform of uh, communication in universities pretty beautiful thing and before we started to work uh, he, he told me like okay so I want to do this but he had all these conflict like I don't know what are we going to do like what's going to happen he wanted to get like the syllabus you know and I told him we're going to slow you down and it drove him nuts and I didn't tell him much more. And But, you know, he had to go through his, his fights. And we worked a few years together because he's seen the value. He just signed up for a Buddhist course, man. <laughs> it was a struggle because I, I've seen his patterns constantly to go back, to, um, back into the busyness. And every time it was kind of like, hey, it doesn't serve. Look what's going on. And he's like, oh, shit, yeah. And he, he learned. It was beautiful to observe because I've worked with him for a few years. You see how every year it's like it's slower and slower. And as he became slower from having a team of four or five people who were constantly, there was conflict, conflict and he constantly said, like, it's not the right people. I don't know what to do. Now having he, him sending me a picture of his, I think it was 12 or 13 uh, people in his team, from a Zoom call, we were all smiling. And him telling me, I had a, uh, uh, my brother just got married, 
and I, I went three days out of the business for the first time. I just, uh, it, I wasn't missed. It, everything was just ticked. And that came from slowing down. Because if he wouldn't slow down, he wouldn't be able to go to his brother's wedding. And if he would go, it would be constantly on the phone. And ah. So I it's tough, again, because we're conditioned not to do it. But that's the practice. And, and, and I guess as well, again, like we spoke about from a bit of honesty, communication, even with our kids, but even from business owners, I guess with staff as well, that level of communication. Is it, again, how do you define an inspirational leader? Is it someone that is, you know, just they're always on top of their game? They're always, you're the one, obviously, that's got to carry the team. Things are bad. It's, you know, you, you almost take it your responsibility to, to lift them, and, and which is, is, is a sign, I guess, of a good leader as well. But is it okay as a leader, I guess, to still have that vulnerability with, with staff members, to be more communicative with, 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 with members of the team? And as you grow a team, you grow culture within that where there's open communication so that people then do understand so that when you are out of the business, you know that there's that trust, there's that relationship that you've got with them that they will look after things and you can actually relax and I, I think that it is a good question which comes back to the question of what does it mean to live your truth because i don't think that there is one dimension of being a leader and if we are trying to be leaders based on again looking at other people and that's how i need to be that's a lost battle because you are who nobody in this world can do you better than you it's your responsibility so you have your strength things that you're really, really good at, and there are things that you're really, really shit at, just like me, yeah? So it's about going in, instead of constantly searching out, going in to understand who am I, what are my strengths? Yes, we can learn, we can develop skills, and we should, of course. But if we have a deeper understanding of what is our DNA and what is my traits as a leader, if I'm someone who wants to be a leader, what do I have that is really, really useful and good and, and can be a uh, resource, and build on top of that instead in instead of trying to do something that is kind of uh, you know because then it comes to this very chewed war that i don't like to say authenticity you know because if a leader is someone you know i, th I believe that in the end we trust people that we feel their truth <laughs> sorry i'm coming back to that word so there are many different types of leadership and we just need to know who we are and once we do we can build on top of that yeah, I want to talk about, uh, again, I, I, this is something I'm, I, I talk about on the podcast all the time, and something I guess more of a, as a therapy session for me, because I, I want to try, I, don't, I know I haven't achieved it, so I want, and I'm, I'm on a journey to try and achieve it, and I want to know if that there, what, what that looks like, I guess everyone, again, is different, but I want to talk with, with business owners, entrepreneurs, that work-life balance, it's obviously different for everyone, um, but just if you've got, just for our listeners, any advice, tips for the, wherever you work with work-life balance and, and how, how that sort of looks, what does that look like? And then just any, yeah, like I say, any advice that you might be able to give to people to, to, to have a better work-life balance? It's a big question, man. Yeah, it's a big uh, and if I'm totally honest, you know, I'm, it's a struggle for me as well, especially because things have shifted and, you know, it's like a lot of changes but I, I can tell you what I am aiming for. Um, I, I, I see life as one harmonious thing that with our mind, we constantly mess, mess it up, you know? So I think to create, for me, my work and my family's is extension of who I am. And I don't necessarily see the separation for me. I know that it's not for everybody. I'm talking for myself about myself here. So it's how can I learn more about who I truly am so that then I can become more present with whatever I do so that when I'm with my kids, I am present with them. It's about presence. It's about learning to be more present. And it's very challenging. As you say, as I say as well, it's a challenging thing. I don't want for a second to, to people to think that I'm the expert who's mustered it and I'm flying here on the carpet and I have it all sorted. Not at all, but that's the muscle that I work on because I can, the balance happens when I'm present. Um, 
So for me, that is the work. And I think we have masterminds, yeah? Mastermind is a very concept. Why don't we have um, uh, master body, master emotions, master all these, we need to master the whole shebang in order to be able to just be present more with what we do. So what I am working on is obviously cut the time when I'm with my kids. But I, I for, me, for me, for example, I like wor the workshops that I run, the mm. programs are in the evening and I really love it. Mm. But it's about creating those pockets of time that when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. Mm. Um, and to really disconnect from everything else. It's really challenging. Mm. You know, it's challenging for me as it's challenging for you. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know if I'm giving you a, no, a clear answer. You are, I think, because what, what I take from that is Exactly. That, and I, I guess again, it's back to the narrative of looking at. Um, it's it's okay that I because I, I I do love my businesses. I guess it's okay to accept that I love. And part of who I am as a person is that I like, as I've mentioned to you before, I like spinning plates. I like all yeah. sorts of things. So if I've accepted that about myself, like okay, that's quite cool. I'm I'm that's where I I get happy emotion from. Which sad as well when it's really stressful and busy. But ultimately, I love the things I do. So. That's a good place, and I don't, I shouldn't feel guilty about spending maybe longer than eight hours a day at work if if that makes me if that's where my happiness is. But I guess, or or what my truth is, but I guess then ultimately when I do come out of that, and I'm and I on a Saturday and I've spent ten hours with my kids that day, and for those ten hours I'm present with them and I'm in that yeah. moment with them and enjoying that and is that maybe it's not necessarily that work-life balances i'm going to work 10 till 4 um and I'm for some it can be yeah and and i'm sure that's a, an achievement yeah or or, or whether it's a goal or some people need more than that because they enjoy the time that they like working or they to so i think like you say uh, what i'm taking from it is that as long as whatever you're doing at that time that is what you're focusing on and that is where you're present that is a work-life balance whatever then it doesn't necessarily have to be a certain amount of hours in each one but it is the balance is that i am spending time with that person i'm doing stuff with that and i'm doing that i think presence is a key there and it's again it's it's about learning g going in because all this like nine to five eight hours it's all inventions of yeah. some people that we captured as if this is how it should be no it shouldn't you know um learning practicing for a month i am going to take myself for a month now to really check in with myself what are my most productive hours take this as a practice for a month and, and notice i know that for me 5 to 7 a.m 5 to 7 p.m are my most productive times 5 to 7 p.m gone out of the window i have kids but 5 to 7 a.m is a good time for me to do so i can do in these two hours so much more than i can as much as i mess about the whole day so that for me it's like uh, so i how do i cultivate that into my life so that i know that by the time that my kids wake up i have i feel like in most cases i feel like oh yeah rock and roll i've done a lot so it comes back to this work-life balance for me is back to the truth of who you who do you truly uh, who are you truly um and it's a question that each one of us needs to spend time with ourselves it's not going to come I books can give us inspiration and and going to more workshops and more seminars will give us tools but in the end we have to stop and look inside and if i look inside i can be honest in front of you and say i haven't mastered work-life balance yet i'm on the journey um the whole thing with business is a massive challenge you know i i was never driven by money also so for me it's like the whole thing you know there's a lot of learning to do there and I went to the marketing uh, seminars and I went to sales seminars and I'm keep looking at the books. But the, the real answers to find that balance will come from me. What kind of life do I want to have also w with my kids? What kind of relate? What kind of activities do I want to have? Um, what kind of holidays do I want to have? What kind I want to have? Not what I see in commercials on TV and hear from my friends and I need to fit in. You know, there is the famous phrase of Dr. Zeus. Why are we trying so hard to fit in when we were born to f stand out? Live that. Brilliant. What a great way to, to, to come towards. Just, you know, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, um, 
it's hard, isn't it? That, that like you say, I think for me, I, I've similar. I've, I've tried to. I, I'd say I was a little bit of a night owl, really, and I would work like till one, two in the morning, and then I find it sometimes then hard to switch off. So then I'm going to bed late, and I'm sleeping three, four hours a night. I know that that's not good. Um, not all the time, obviously. I'm not saying that, but I, I know that I could, if I've got something on a big project or or coming to the end of a deadline with a magazine, I might stay up late and do those things, uh, not on a regular basis, but sometimes. But I've tried to, again, looking at myself and looking at how I can be more productive. And I thought, well, I want to spend, what do I want to do? I want to spend an evening with my wife instead of working up. Like, I want to go to bed with her at the same time, as opposed to saying, right, good night at 10 o'clock, I'm going up to work <laughs> till three in the morning. That, that, that's not possible. I wanted to try and change it, which I have over the last few weeks. I've been trying to look at that and get up now, similar to yourself, like you say, between five and seven. If I can go a bit slightly earlier, at 10 o'clock, say, I will get up at five and I'll be productive for those two hours before the kids get up. I can get so much done, mm. as a, like you say, more so than you would in an eight-hour day. But for some other people, it would be a different time. That's the thing. There is no right and wrong. Yeah, no, there is a testing. Absolutely. One little exercise that works really well with, with my clients, they love it, which you might want to take as well, is to, is to put a lot of focus on the transitions. Even if we work at home, when I decide that I'm going to have the dinner now with the family, before I go and leave the room and just close the computer, just stop and create again. The, I create with each one the, the, the right practice that works for them, but it's just a matter of somehow to practice to slow down to take a few deep breaths. I record meditations for, for clients sometimes that I know that will work really well for them. Some of that can be in the car, even they can listen to these instructions now, like okay, to wind down the day so that. Because that transition, if we are coming from the computer and that's ah, oh, there's the thing that didn't work, and you come into dinner and you like, oh, vomit all that energy into your wife and your kids, like ah, you know, they have to deal with it. But if instead it's like, okay, whew, I'm gonna stop here for a second. What happens? What what needs to happen next? A few breaths or whatever it is, a little, you know, there are many different. It doesn't have to be breath. It can be many other things. So that we and it, it's now I'm not talking about an hour and a half practice. Yeah, I'm talking about it can be two minutes, ten minutes, whatever. So then you go to your wife and your kids and they feel you enter with different presence. Boom. You ignited a very different energy in the space, which means that you will get more from them. You won't get the pushback. And I think putting attention on that transition is a really, really important and useful tool. It's amazing. Oh, that's, that's certainly, I think well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get that actually. I think that's, that's certainly something I will take away and look at. I, I know that, that me leaving work and coming in and, and you've still got things on your mind and I'll be there on my phone. That's have dinner with my kids. Why am I still answering that email? Because I've got, got to deal with that or whatever you should be. That my wife says it to me sometimes. If you've got words, just finish it, then come here. Yeah. Anyway, mate, listen, um, uh, uh, we've, I know this has been a slightly different podcast with, with, with the discussions we've had, which has been amazing, but I still would like to finish off if we can. We'll just have, I always ask a couple of quick fire questions if we can just finish off with these. So, um, one of them, what, what, from your point of view, what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or business owner looking to start their own business? It's like, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit funny now, but I, I would say to base on what we spoke about, be truth, true to yourself, you know, check in why do you want to do the business, check in what is your real drive and follow that real drive. For some, it will be making money. So, you know, just check in with yourself. You know, what does that mean to you? For some, it will be more kind of a purpose-led thing. So what does that mean? Surround yourself with, with people that can give you an honest feedback. Don't surround yourself with people who will make you feel necessarily good all the time because that usually leads to some shit to happen later on. I, I, you know, I'm a big advocate of really honest communication, creating spaces where we can bounce with people that can really, uh, you know, you know that you're getting the truth again from the other people, even when it's uncomfortable, because that will to lead to real growth. That's what I would say, I guess. Not only to business and life here, yeah, we're yeah, crossing yeah, the border, yeah. Absolutely, I think that's, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly. And then, and then just finally, what, can you give me three traits that you think a person needs to be a good business person or entrepreneur? It's funny because I don't see myself as an entrepreneur or businessman, but, but if I see what, what I believe that is needed, consistency is the first thing that comes up because my goodness, there are so many challenges, so many moments and days that will just smack you into the floor. Yeah. Um, 
but it's consistency that that uh, that leads to 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 the thing to grow um openness to uh, to deal with the unknown um openness to learn and to deal with the unknown because you know, I always thought that everybody knows what they're doing and I'm the only one who is like, what the hell is going on? Nobody knows <laughs> what the hell is going on. That's the truth. There are a few who have a little bit more grasp and capacity <laughs> to kind of analyze things, but my goodness, it's a complete lottery. So again, be open about it and honest that I don't know what's going on, but, but I'm excited about it. So I'm going to go with it and I'm going to have conversation with other people who don't know so that we don't know together in order to get to know something. That's another thing. The other thing is, wow. Um, I, I listened to the your podcast when people asked, and I really like what other people said. What will be my third one? Surround, I, I'll come back to what I said in the first uh, answer. It's surround yourself with, with the people that can challenge your thinking not people that will just uh, yes people that can encourage you and support you that's part of the thing but but people who can give you the truth in the face so when it will be encouragement and when you do things right they will tell you like man this is amazing and when you're messing about and you're you know not keeping your word and you're not going in the right direction they will tell you like i don't trust you right now because you're saying that you're doing this and you're not so that you you can constantly move in the right direction i'll leave it there yeah, man. Um, what can I say, mate? Thanks so much for your time. Um, you've been absolutely brilliant. Such an inspiring person, and I'm I'm so glad you come on. And I really hope that this episode, if if anything, it just encourages more people to to talk, to be more vulnerable, and ultimately to to find and live our, our true authentic lives. Thanks very much, mate. Really appreciate your time. All the best. Thank you. Thank you.